I see churches favour women. I'm Marion Wright and this is Favourite Friends, the podcast that shares the beautiful, hopeful and encouraging stories of Christian women. I'm so excited to introduce you to this episode's special guest, Lauren Tunney. Here's a fun fact. Lauren is actually employed by IC Church and she coordinates the events and communication for all our campuses. In this episode, Lauren and I talked a little bit about what her job actually looked like on a day-to-day basis and some other stuff like how to balance your career ambitions with parenting. Lauren also opened up about what it was like to walk through a season of grief when her mum passed away. And she also gave us some really good wisdom about how we can support others who find themselves in similar situations. You'll love Lauren. She's funny and quirky and she was so much fun to have a chat with. Here is Lauren Tunney. Welcome to Favourite Friends. You can say something if you want. (laughs) Lauren Tunney, welcome to the couch. Thanks, mate. It's actually two two couches. Two couches. They get photographed a lot. I feel so. Your living room's famous. Yeah. Walk in, it's very surreal being here. Like, (laughs) this is the spot. Actually. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, it's anyway. Um, Thank you so much for doing this. I'm very excited to get to know you a bit better because I feel like. We've been in the same world for a long time. Yeah. We know lots of things about each other. Yeah. I was very excited to read that we had lots of things in common. We do. We have Gatsby in common. We do. Yeah. I really love the book. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts on the new film? Did you like it? You know the um, the remake? Yes. I did like it. Yeah. I didn't like it as much as the original. I love the original. Was, yeah. The Robert Redford one. Yeah, yes. So well, I mean, good. it's Robert Redford. So good. I mean, yeah. DiCaprio's great, but he's no Redford. Something extra nerdy. I have a graphic novel version of Gatsby <laughs> that I I will show you later. Show me anyway. later. Um, I also was really interested to find out that you're really fascinated with the history of European monarchs. I am. And politics? I'm a nerd. Tell well, me more. Well, maybe not so much politics, but more how all of the monarchs interrelated with each other and took each other over and intermarried and, yeah, just fascinated by it. When did that fascination start? Oh, I don't know. It was probably sparked by like a TV show or something, I'd say. Like, um, what was it called? The one about Mary, Queen of Scots. Rain? It was pretty weak. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure most of it was dramatised. Sure. Yeah. But it was good. A bit of a, you know, I'd sit there and I'd Google it. Did that happen? Did that happen? Just follow along at home. We watched The Crown. Yes. I loved The oh, Crown. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. And mum, because mum was really into like the royal family. So mm-hmm. I remember lots of like knowing about lots of it growing up. And so when we watched it, I don't know what world event they were referencing. And I said something to Josh like, yeah, I can't believe that that happened. And Josh is like, I'm sorry, you just spoiled this show for me. And I said, oh, I actually can't because it already happened. It's history, history." mate. And he was like, what? (laughs) So he was sitting next to me doing the same thing. He was Googling. Yep. Like Winston Churchill and, you know, did his portrait actually get painted? I think I did exactly the same thing. Such a good show. Yes. Yeah. Tell me the most interesting thing about you. Well, I had to do a survey for this. Yes. Because I feel like I'm not overly interesting at all. I'm a pretty average Australian gal. 
<laughs> went to uni, got jobs, got saved, got a husband, have kids. I'm like, it's not that interesting. So I did a survey, as you do. Um, common responses was, I'm quite good at getting stuff off Gumtree and making it look good, which I probably agree with. Um, my sister thought I could um, recite movie lines pretty well. Or was that Kim? That may have been Kim. Um, yeah, I was going to say I've got double jointed thumbs, but that's just Which a two fun little fact. I think is a skill in <laughs> itself. It's totally useless. Tell me more about the gum tree thing. Mm-hmm. Cause I think you're kind of known for this and we have made this a feature in yep. our magazine. Yep. So tell me a bit more about just that. I like stalking it. And basically I, I like old furniture, but it was pretty much a way for me to get stuff without having to ask for money from Ryan. <laughs> be like oh hey it's 100 bucks he'd be like good job babe or I'd preface it I'd be like I really want a dining table the one I want is like 1200 but I found this one on Gumtree for 100 can I have it so that's just how I get it but then obviously there's work like you restore it you yeah you do you actually put a fair bit of time into it right yeah it depends what it is yeah so sometimes they're good to go and sometimes they're a project that I'll need to work on sand down I generally know what I'm looking for and if something that I find is going to fit what I'm looking for or could fit what's your favorite piece like of all the pieces you found and like you've done stuff to what's your favorite my favorite piece is actually one that I haven't done anything to it's a sideboard that I have I think I may have have I ever used it in favorite magazine I don't think I have um Yes, this beautiful vintage sideboard. Just the timber and the colour on it is gorgeous. It's just got a couple of drawers and a couple of cupboards. The favourite piece I've done up was a captain's chair. So it's like a desk chair that I use now and I've got the – I sanded it all back and it had like this hideous vinyl on it, which I ripped off and replaced with some buffalo check. Yeah, it took took like – Nice. I reckon it was six months for me to actually finish it. So you actually have to have a lot of patience to do it. Uh, yeah, I think so. And yeah. blocks of time, which is probably the hardest thing for me is yeah. the blocks of time. Do you find time to work on it? satisfaction in like being able to do this? Like yeah. what, what's in it for you? Uh, well, it's basically me getting what I want. Sure, which <laughs> is so some, important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, having something feel how I wanted it to feel in, this, in my house and in my home and yeah. yeah, I think that's lovely. One of the things when we went to Denmark, um, oh, we were so really – Yeah, it, Copenhagen is like oh. my favourite city in the world. Yeah. But anyway, it's on the bucket list, but go on. You would love it. I would. Because I think that one of the things that we probably don't think about enough is our homes mm. and, you know, like the whole Marie Kondo thing and being um, connected to the space where you live is yep. really trendy right now. Yeah. But when we were in Denmark – you know, a lot of the people we talked to said we we actually really value our homes and this whole concept of huga and is um, that how you say? Because I always yes. say huggy because yes, I feel it's, like it's, it's pronounced huga, appropriate. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm still not saying it the Danish way. Okay, but once that you know, because they I think the closest 
English word to it is coziness. It's cozy, cozy. you know, yeah. but there's so much more to it. Like it's more than just lighting a candle, having nice lights. Yeah. It's, it's feeling like warm and welcome in the space. And yeah. they actually really pride themselves on their home and spend time making it look beautiful and welcoming. And like it's very normal just to be invited into someone's home. And I, I really love that. Yeah. I really took that away. And I think that that, yeah, like that's probably your vibe. Like yeah. you want, you have a vision for a place and then you try and make that work. I and it's so. worth putting the energy into totally. it. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. I think everything in our house is something that's been picked by me and Ryan, but mostly me. Yeah. <laughs> and something that feels special to us and has a purpose and a meaning. The worst thing I hate is just something there that's random like design for design's sake I just ugh, gross just like something that's got some layers and it's got some personality and to look around somewhere like your home here you've got photos that you guys took on your trip and things that represent you there's books everywhere there's favorite magazine everywhere <laughs> so yeah it's just stuff that actually speaks to who you are and you look around and you go oh I remember that or I remember where I got that from yeah, it's just nice. Yes, it just things feels can an have a story of your personality. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Has design always been your thing? I think so. Yeah, yeah. My, probably some of my earliest memories are sitting around drawing because I have two older sisters, but they were quite older than me. So my oldest was six years older than me, and then the middle was three years older. So they were always off doing things together. So I was quite the younger sister, not wanting to hang around. So I, yeah, I think drawing. And always creating stuff. Like I'd make little sculptures and I'd actually design houses. My sister and I used to play architects and we'd sit there and we'd get the little protractors out and design these weird and wacky houses. That's (laughs) incredible. Probably couldn't build, but yeah, I think it's always something I've done. That's incredible. It's amazing that so young that that was part of like. Yeah, I never thought I'd be working in a creative industry. I wanted to be a doctor and then I wanted to be a lawyer (laughs) I know couldn't see it now but yeah so how did you end up in the industry um I think at school I just tended more towards art drama that was what I enjoyed doing that was my passion I was quite good at painting I did a lot of painting at school and I just thought how can I get a job from this like what can I do that's actually gonna make money so I, I went and studied advertising so I did a business degree in advertising and I thought this is kind of creative yet I could still make money and eat. Was it hard to get a job in the industry? Yeah, I never worked in advertising. Really? I went straight – well, when I was at um, university, I got a job as an admin assistant in a marketing department and so I just started in marketing roles. Awesome. Yeah, so I always worked in-house in different types of companies. So I think I dodged that bullet. Did I don't you? actually think I, – I did try – and get work experience while I was at uni. Just couldn't get a foot in the door. This is going to sound like the dumbest question ever. What is the difference between marketing and Ooh, advertising? Oh, very good. Is that a dumb question? <laughs> no, it's not a dumb question. Okay. So marketing is like an overarching um, category, I guess you'd say. And then underneath it sits all of your different facets. So you've got okay. advertising, PR. Okay. Now you've got digital and social, which is taken sure. off not back then yes um direct marketing all of that kind of sits underneath marketing as a whole okay that makes sense yeah 
And so how long did you, because I think I should have prefaced this line of conversation <laughs> by saying that you are obviously employed by IC Church. Yes, I am. Um, do you want to tell us what you do for IC Church? Sure. One um, of the many million do, There's a few things in there. I'll probably just give you the big blocks. Yeah. Uh, so looking after all the communications. So I work with Faith who yes. does all of our media and yes. she's amazing. Yes. And then Amanda who does all of our social media who too is a also talented amazing. little bean. Yes. Uh, and then I also look after the event side of things. Yes. So our conferences, our women's events, men's events, things we do on a Sunday. Yeah. That's kind so, of the big rocks. <laughs> Just a really easy, manageable <laughs> nine to five. Yeah, and it never changes, and we never get new stuff thrown at us at a moment's just notice. Just a small team, just a small team, and it's great. It really is great. Well, you do a great job. <laughs> and on behalf you. of IC Church, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything you do for oh, us goodness. and for our events. It's a pleasure. It's fun. I do enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. There are some truly incredible people that pull off what happens there in our is, church there experience. There is a great team. Yeah. It's incredible to watch. So I wanted to ask you how you ended up in this role with mm, IC Church. I don't know. <laughs> God. It just happened. <laughs> it wasn't a plan that I had, that's for sure. No, I I was working for Teen Challenge. Yeah. And I felt the call to go to Bible College, so which I couldn't really balance with the two days a week at Teen Challenge, so I quit, went to Bible College, and then was interning with the amazing Nikki. And Pastor Joe pulled me aside one day and I thought, oh no, what have I done? And she said Courtney was leaving and would I like, would I consider taking her role? So that's how it happened. Was that a hard decision for you? Oh, no. Yeah. No. Like, well, how often does a role like that come up really? And as soon as Pastor Joe said it, I just kind of like felt a leap in my spirit Mm. and just, okay. I just said yes. I didn't really have to think about it, but I did. But, yeah, I think I knew that I was going to do it. How was IC College for you? College was great. Because you went to college as, as a mature-age student. I guess, Is that okay I, to say? So. That's not it offensive. Makes me feel like, I would old. be a mature-age <laughs> student. Anyone who is not 18 and attending yeah. IC College is a, yeah. is a mature-age student. Yeah. No, college was great and definitely something I felt was right for me yeah. in that season. Yeah. Just to grow and go yeah. deeper and, yeah, it's really incredible Yeah, at that time. I should finish it at some point because I haven't finished. Good. <laughs> it's public now, now. we can all hold you accountable. <laughs> you can hold me to accountable, yeah, yeah, that I need to finish it. That would have been a huge thing to manage considering you are married. You have two kids. Two. Yes. Mm-hmm. How old are they? Uh, eight yeah. and nearly six. Yeah. So that that's a real like, that's a real choice you have mm. to make yeah. to want to pursue that. And I would imagine the same with the job. Yeah. You know? It was. I was really fortunate in the position that Ryan – you know, he has a really great job and he could release me to go to college in the first place, but then also to go and work for church. Mm. Favourite item in your wardrobe? Um, the denim blazer from DeCuba I got last year on sale. So good. Staple. Yeah. I love it. Goes with everything. Yeah. Dress it up, dress it down. I love a good blazer. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and my trenchy. Trenchy. In yeah. New York trenchy. Yeah, I think because yeah. um, I went there for my um, 
ex-birthday. It was a milestone, I'm not going to say it. And I went with my sister and girlfriends and we were the crazy Australians because it was in April. So it's the end of, it's like spring for them. And we were freezing. We've gone in to buy coats. I'm like, where are all the coats? Where are the gloves and scarves? And like, oh, we don't have them out anymore. They're in the sale rack out the back. So we got sale rack trench coats. On the York. upside, a really good deal. It was a great deal. Yeah, even with the conversion, great deal. So don't get to wear it often, but I love that thing. Um, what's your favorite book? Oh, a few books. I've got probably a few different genres that I would like to categorize. So I love Lisa Messenger, who is an Australian entrepreneur or she's like a leader for entrepreneurs and she writes some really great books about just taking risks and being bold. And like narrative wise, Great Gatsby, we can bond over that. Um, what else? To Kill a Mockingbird. I like the classics. I love To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, love the classics. So great. Yeah. I once taught a kid named Atticus. Did you? Like, great name. Great name. Great book. Great oh, character. I wonder, he'd have to be named after Oh, he surely. was. He yeah. knew that he was. How many I was Atticuses like, were you named you after? He was like, yes, yes I was. was. I was like, oh, great. Probably gets that question a million times. His parents were so cool. Yeah. They're like, damn. Yeah, who yeah. names that kid Atticus? Just a great story. Did you read the sequel? I don't think so. I didn't either. I didn't even know there was a scene. There was, and apparently it was terrible. Oh, anyway. that's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eden Blyton fan. I've got a box of them. Although I've seen they've been re-released. Have they? Yeah. I was, oh. Lacey was looking at them in the bookshop the other day. I was like, oh, I'm not buying them. I have a box full at home. So. How gorgeous. Yeah. I also think that um, Nikki Hammers will love this because you're a fellow Babysitter's Club oh fan. Yes, she I is am. too, and I am too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun. How great was the oh, Babysitter's so Club? great. I've got like all of the mystery ones. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, think I remember the first one yeah. about um, one of their clients' diamond ring goes missing and they blame the babysitter. They end up finding it. Some Like the cat ran away with it or something. Oh, no, I can't remember. There's a lot of comfort in the fact that their stories were resolved. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch the movie? <laughs> Did. How great was it? It was amazing. It's so good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure years ago I bought Nikki a copy of it. Of the movie. Of the movie, the yeah. DVD. She would have thought it was awesome. Yeah, she yeah. did. Yeah. And we both were like, this is amazing. It's so great. I've yeah. still got them. So good. I do. Oh, such, so good. Mm-hmm. Yes. I asked you what your favourite brand was. Mm. What's your favourite brand? <laughs> do you have a favourite brand? As in like what I like to consume well i think from a marketing perspective Mm -hmm. is there a brand that you really love like what they're doing yeah and how they're yeah you know not just advertise because i think this is going to sound really incoherent coming from a non-marketing person but i think brands are so much more than the products they sell now Mm -hmm. you know brands i think are really about storytelling and totally um engagement and Mm -hmm. so is there a brand that you think is doing really well yeah um, there's probably a couple. There's yeah. a few. I like any brand that feels real and authentic in what it's trying to do. So there's a really great, uh, I think they're like an events company in America. They're called Create and Cultivate and they have an amazing social media presence. They do live events all through the US and it's about women entrepreneurship and just women kicking butt really. Um, and I think they just do things 
they've got different franchises. So there's a book, there's a podcast, which is awesome. Then there's the series of events and just the way that they celebrate and tell the story of women. They've just done a really great job. That's awesome. Yeah. What um, else? The other couple that I probably like um, in terms of like feel, there's one who you probably won't know. They're called the Tartan Blanket Co. And they make woolen blankets. They're Scottish and they're a family-run business. They're really small. But I've actually ordered a couple of their products. And I think the whole experience from finding them, I think I found them on social media, right through to ordering and getting the product has just felt beautiful. They've just got that really warm, authentic kind of feel. You can tell it's family. There's a little postcard with a handwritten note on the back from whatever the family's called. I can't remember. I probably should. Yeah, I just think anyone that can deliver an experience that makes you feel something, makes you feel warm and fuzzy on the inside, yeah, I think that's worth going after. Um, I wanted to ask you about how you found God. How how did you find yeah, Jesus? Did sure. you grow up a Christian? No, What's your oh, background? No, I didn't. Well, my dad grew up Salvation Army. His family were um, army officers, so he was every Sunday to the down to the local corpse. Is that what they call or core? Am I saying it wrong? <laughs> Probably saying it wrong. Sorry, Dad. Um, yeah, so he grew up the army, but we. Once he left home, we never went to church or were involved in church life. So I think we had a lot of values of a Christian family, but we didn't go to church. We did when we visited our grandparents. Um, yeah. So I think I always had an understanding of God. I always knew that he was there and thought that he was there. Um, I did talk to Pastor Joe recently about it. And, um, you know, God was always the guy in the sky, keeping the checklist, making sure I was doing the right thing. So I think subconsciously I had kind of ingrained in me what was right and wrong from a God perspective. But, you know, obviously didn't know the biblical backgrounds, the theology behind choices that I was making. Um, And then when I was about 20, I think I was 20, 19, 20, I got invited to go to a, um, it was like a hangout social night inverted commas, um, by a friend. Um, and yeah, that was it. It was Friday night church, basically. It was like a little young adults hangout group. And there was a bit of social time, a bit of a short word and some worship. And I just felt during the worship, the presence of God and Holy Spirit. And yeah, I just felt like a closeness and a personal touch that I'd never had before. Yeah. Was it was it weird for you? Yeah. Well, well it was weird anyway because I'm like, yeah. this is not church. Yeah, right. Like, there's no pews. I'm not bored. <laughs> you know. Right. So that was weird anyway. So the whole situation was a bit strange. But I don't know. There was a, there was an an assurance that I had. My heart was going racing, and I actually felt a presence, and I just knew it was God. Like I just knew that he was speaking to me saying you need to just know me so yeah that was it and then did you like put your hand up to I think you know, so I think Jesus I can't that night? <laughs> actually a long yeah, time right. ago yeah I think I did or I may have just sort of did it myself I can't remember or well, not long after but yeah I was in a small church 
think there was only about 30 or 40 people at the church at the time. It was a plant out at Springfield. So, yeah. that's. And then when did you kind of have your first encounter with, like was that your first moment of encounter with the Holy Spirit? Yeah, yeah. I think so, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. How did it change your life? Oh, dramatically. Started going to church, which is always a good thing. Started to learn some stuff about God. I think, and it's, I always feel like it's been a bit of a slow burn, my relationship with Jesus, because I got used to going to church, had Christian friends, started having Christian conversations, but I think my lifestyle took a bit of a while to catch up to where I was. Um, But once, you know, Ryan and I got married, we did some pre-marriage stuff, which, you know, helped. And then us living together and he'd grown up in a Christian home. So some of the things that he brought in to our relationship and and into the marriage was not things that I was thinking about, like tithing regularly. Like, oh, right. This is something we have to do. Okay, cool. You know, so yeah, it's been a bit of a journey and I've like, I've grown a lot. And I think it really kicked off when we, we left that church and moved to IC, kind of got a bit of a boost. And then when I went to Bible college, it got another boost again just experience and knowledge and more time in the presence and yeah questioning things and asking questions which is such an important part of it totally if you don't ask questions you don't grow no I think yeah and I'm still asking questions yeah Yeah. like still asking basic questions because I want to know yeah that I know that I know yeah you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell me how you met Ryan. Oh, yeah. Tell me the did story. Did Joe tell you to ask me that? No. No, Random no one's client. told she me. She gives me grief. I, <laughs> she gives me grief because I met Ryan through his brother. Okay. Because I dated his brother. <laughs> very briefly. Okay. I knew his brother first through school friends. Sure. So we went out on a couple of dates. That was it, everybody, sure. before you start. Like, oh. Then we had like a very close group of friends. Um, one of the friends was the girl who invited me to church. Sure. So Ryan was also going to that church. May or may not have been additional incentive for me to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Friends. Together. Engaged. Married. How long did that take? <laughs> a, few, a couple of years. Yeah. Um, so we did get together. Yeah. And then we broke up. Yeah. Because he wasn't ready. Um. And then we got back together again and then he got moved to Townsville for six months, which at the time was like devastating to me. Sure. Because we'd only just got back together. Um, yeah, he was there for six months and then he came back and bought a ring. And a year later we got married. How did you know he was it? Oh, uh, I think I just knew. Yeah, just knew. I remember when the period that we had broken up, I said to same friend, um, like I love Ryan. Like I just know that I love him, and that this that he's it for me. She's like, oh, you don't. You'll be fine. You get over it. <laughs> ha ha ha! I won. Um, but yeah, just yeah, he just needed time to catch up. I think that that's probably one of the biggest questions that young girls have. Like, how do you know? Yeah. How do you know that this is the guy? Yeah you're going to spend the rest of your life with I think if you're asking yourself the question maybe not I know if you're saying is this this the guy maybe not yeah right because the other feeling is this this is is the guy guy. this This is is it yeah Yeah. totally yeah I was like that with Josh yeah 
was like, this is not going to get better. Or you could be real spiritual. (laughs) Just pray about it. Well, yeah. Jesus did also tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You guys are a great couple. Oh, yeah. Okay. You picked well. You guys are also fantastic. Um, I wanted to ask you, so you've got, so you got married. How long Mm -hmm. have you and Ryan been married now? We have been married 11 years this year. So we did 10 last year. Well done. It goes so fast though. Like I don't really feel like we, I mean, obviously we've achieved something, but it goes super fast, especially once you have kids. It's like. I forget what my life was like before. Married life? Yeah. How long have you been married? It'll be six years this okay. year. Yeah. But we That's did decent. it. That's decent. I feel like we were babies. You, like yeah, how old were you? Childbirth? Not that bad. Yeah. 23. Yeah. I was uh, 23 too. Yeah. Yeah. I still felt a bit like we were playing house. Yeah. <laughs> it does, my husband. It? Yeah. I just laugh. I think for six months I couldn't say he was my husband without being Ooh, like, what are we kiddo. doing? Yeah. Yeah. You we're know. kids. Yeah. And so how soon did you have kids? Uh, two years. Yeah. That's I quick. Think. Well, two and a half. Uh, I'm do the maths here. Yeah. I was 27 when I had Owen. Yeah. So um, anyone doing the maths will now know how old I am. Awesome. Doesn't matter. Mystery bubble popped. Um, so, yeah, I think we had been married too and then I fell pregnant. Yeah. Just after our. Did you feel ready? Yeah, we yeah. we wanted to, and we yeah. also there's always that that question like we don't know how long it's going to take, could be instant, could be a year. So we yeah jumped straight in and got pregnant straight away, pretty much. So yeah, you said that that was one of the tough seasons was being mm. at home mm-hmm. with the kids with young kids. Why? Yeah. Uh look, I loved it, and I love like our kids were cute, and spending time with them you know, it wasn't hard, but I think that whole season of being at home and I'm quite an, an ambitious person. So having my whole life and career sort of put to the side was a challenge for me and took a while for me to come to terms with like, oh, this is it for a little while. And I did go back to work in between the two kids, but yeah, I just, I think the, the routine and the mundane, the day-to-day being at home, washing, nappies, feeding, yeah, it just got to me. How did you cope? Um, well, I have good people. Like my mum was around, so, you know, would spend a lot of time with her. Church friends, connections. I think if you don't have people around you, it would be a lot tougher. But, yeah, I think, you know, it, that time is great. And to have that time, if you've got someone to support you, like I did, Ryan, is really a blessing. And I do look back. I don't hear my heart. I'm not saying it was like horrible being at home with the kids it was just tough and it was draining and you're with them all day and you're tired and sleep deprived and yeah honesty moment (laughs) oh because that moment wasn't honest well like for me (laughs) that is probably one of the things that makes me the most afraid of having kids because I also feel like I'm rather ambitious and have lots of big plans and you know Mm -hmm. I think that struggle is really real for lots of women. Mm-hmm. I mean, my mum rolls her eyes and says, well, you have the luxury of choice. You mm. know, we – like she didn't really have that. It was yeah. always expected for her to have kids. Yep. But I get very conscious of like my life will look very different. Yep. My goals will be very different. Yeah. And while I know God is speaking to me about it, there's still a part of me that's just like, but is it going to suck? Yeah. <laughs> Am I going to feel like I'm missing out? Yeah. 
And how, like, how do you get past that? How do you get to a peaceful place yeah. with that? Yeah. Well, it's important. Like, I used to hate it when people would say this to me, but I'm going to say it to you now. No, do it. Yeah. yeah do it. Is that honestly, it passes and okay. it passes so quickly that you're like, oh, that's over. It's done. And you just have to, I think it's, this is going to sound even more cliche. You just have to be intentional and cherish those moments, which sounds awful, but it's so true that you just have to go, I'm going to take this moment no matter how hard it is and I'm going to treasure it. I'm going to take a phone. I'm going to stick it on Instagram for everyone to see because it's fleeting. And before I know it, my kids are going to be going to school every day and I'm going to be going back to work. And there's a whole new balance that comes with that and a whole new set of challenges. So like it is tough and it is daunting, but you just have to cherish it. Well, we're sending out an invite to all the girls to join us for Favour Conference 2019, Friday the 26th, Saturday the 27th of July in Brisbane. It's always beautiful in winter and we're going to get positioned for an incredible time in God. We've really themed over this conference. It's called Let It Be. We want God's word to actually come to pass. Just like Mary said, let it be done to me as you have said, Lord. That's the cry of our heart. And we're inviting Pastor Esther Greenwood from Equippers Church, New Zealand. She's going to be with us. It's going to be incredible. So pop it in your diary now. You don't want to miss out. Did you feel like your priorities really shifted with totally. work and yeah. kids? Like, yeah. did you feel like you were still as ambitious? When I was with kids? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think that was the period I definitely started to think, well, I actually think my life is going to look a lot different than what I thought it was going to be because I thought I was going to achieve. I've actually got this book and I found it when we moved recently where I had written before Ryan and I got married, I'd written down like goals and timelines so, and on it, this is hilarious. So on it is things like, Ryan and I have been to New York three times. We now have an apartment in like Greenwich Village or something like that, that we visit in summer, you know, just stupid stuff. Totally out there. We've bought, we've bought this house amazing. in Barton and we've renovated it. Oh, and it's amazing. amazing. And our two kids go to private school. We frequently go on holidays skiing, you know, what, what is this life? But that's what I had written as like, you know, visualising what I want in my future. And I don't have any of those things now, but I don't feel like my life is any less fulfilled or any less. I actually think it's getting better and better and better. So, yeah, keep that in perspective. <laughs> Was that hard to let go of, that vision for your life? Uh, like, well, did you have a moment where you're like, well, this guess is never the Greenwich happen. house is <laughs> not, not going to happen. It's not happening. <laughs> Turns out we won't be going not, there this not, summer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, I think there's a realism that comes with everyone's life. You know, as a kid, mm. I'm going to be a doctor. And then you realise mm. how hard it's actually going to be to be mm. a doctor. You're like, mm, maybe not. Maybe I'll um, do something else instead. So I think I've. it's probably been the same approach to those goals. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Mm. It'd be great to have an apartment in New York and I'm not writing it off. Mm. Could happen. Mm. You never know. But I think you just you know, get comfortable and resign to actually this is my life and it's pretty good. Do you think that parenthood changed your dreams for your life? Um, and was God a part of that? 
Oh, God, I'd say God's changed my dreams for my life. Yeah, More right. than parenthood has. Yeah. Parenthood, no. I never actually thought that parenthood would be a permanent handbrake to anything. Like I knew for that season stuff would be put on the shelf. And like in retrospect, I know that that season now is kind of like an ending to what I was trying to achieve beforehand. Yeah, it's really it really made me stop and think about well, how, what is life going to look like? And I think that uncertainty was probably what made that season so tough is that, well, I'm not ever going to go back to that corporate life and climb that ladder. That's not going to happen because I've got two kids. How? Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely think God has more so spoken into me dreams and things that I never thought for myself. I don't think it's finished yet. Mm. I don't, yeah, I have sort of thoughts and ideas mm. um, and I've had things spoken over me, but mm. yeah, I don't have a clear goal. I'm mm. just, yeah, go with the flow, which is for someone who was like, I'm going to do this, mm. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, to now be like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm. It could it could be that, it could be mm. something else. I'll just, I'll see. Is that a scary place for you to be? It's actually, I think I've got peace about that wow than I would have when I've got a clearer idea wow which is crazy yeah but I've just learned to trust yeah and to trust that God's got something yeah it might be what I think it is it might not and that's okay <laughs> I trust you I didn't never thought I'd be here and honestly um it's definitely one of the best jobs probably the best job that I've ever had that that's I've ever awesome done. I think sometimes when you make the plan, then you put the pressure on you. Yeah. And then you have to control it. It's funny that. that yeah. God's got a better plan. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you actually relinquish control mm. to someone else, it's actually really. It's even better. Yeah. yeah. It is good. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you about your mum. Mm. yeah so one of the other tough seasons in your life Mm -hmm. was the journey that you walked with your mum yeah so her diagnosis Mm -hmm. she got cancer and then she passed away yeah how long ago now she passed away five years in August this August so about four and a half years ago take me back to the point of diagnosis Mm -hmm. yeah what what was that time like um well Ryan and I just got engaged oh wow so it was a bizarre time because we just celebrated that. Um, my parents had just moved into a townhouse at the time and mum was um, going up and down the stairs and she slipped and like jarred her, her back on the second step and it, um, she was in agony for days so they ended up calling the ambulance and after tests they found that she had multiple myeloma which is a bone cancer. So her vertebrae had been made weakened, which is why it broke when she slipped. Yeah. I know, just crazy that you fall on the stairs, sore back, and then next minute you've got terminal cancer. How did she cope with that? Um, I don't actually know. I don't know if I ever asked her. Like, she was always a trooper. She's, I'm going to fight it. My dad was always well, this is it, this is what's happening and this is what we're doing about it. So I don't, yeah, I mean, she was scared and 
Yeah. I don't really know. What was that Just like terrible, for you? I should know that. No. <laughs> well, what was it like for you? Uh, it was scary. Yeah. At first I didn't know. Um, my sister worked in the hospital that she was in and she got put in a certain ward and that was the oncology ward. So she knew, um, but it was kind of positioned with me that she had a blood infection um, before they confirmed anything. And then, yeah, dad's like, it's, it's cancer and it's, it's bone cancer. And I knew that that wasn't good. So I was real scared. I thought my first instinct, which is so selfish, was oh, my mum's not going to see me get married because we'd just gotten engaged you know, your brain goes to worst case scenario. So I'm like, oh, she's, she's not going to see me get married or we're going to have to bring it all forward so we can get it done, um, which wasn't the case. She was at our wedding. Um, yeah, so no, it was really scary, really scary. How did it – like what, what did you say to God? Did it affect your relationship with God? Uh, oh, look, there was a lot of why. Like why is this happening? This isn't fair. Lots of that, but – and, I mean, it was a struggle and it was a journey. Um, I actually got made redundant not long after that happened. And so it was really quite a bleak year for me. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. But that over that period, mum had a stem cell transplant. So she was in ICU for, like, it was actually a special type of unit. It wasn't even ICU. It was, like, a had to, like, gown up and wash hands and not a lot of people could go in there. Um, when she had that done and I was able to be in there nearly every day with her because I had been made redundant so like God is so good timing wise like just a blessing for that to be able to happen so yeah there's lots of sitting around and thinking and watching her go through something that was just awful like the stem cell transplant is awful because they pretty much kill everything living in your body and then put stem cells back in so she was oh, that not sounds a good so place. Intense. It was really intense. And so was that part of the treatment? Yeah. yeah. And I think it was what actually gave her as much time as what she had. Wow. So it was seven years from diagnosis. So wow. the doctor actually said to my dad um, after she passed that he thought she only had two. Wow. So she got a lot more wow. than what he thought. Yeah. Yeah. Towards the end, did you guys know that? No. Really? No, well, you get used to riding the waves of okay. sickness. So sometimes she'd be in hospital having treatments. Other times she was fine. Like she did a trip to Europe. Wow. And dad did like this amazing trip. Um, would go on holidays, camping, well, caravanning. She wasn't really a camper. Um, like me. <laughs> um, yeah, she'd. Look after Owen a day a week, loved the grandkids, looked after my nephew a lot, hung out with him. She was a normal mum, so we'd do stuff and sometimes she'd get sick and her numbers would drop and they'd have to do some chemo or, yeah, and you just get used to it. So when she actually died, it was quite quick. So she'd had quite a big bleed beforehand she'd been in intensive care then she came out and came home for a little bit um yeah and then she went back in because she couldn't keep anything down I think and like two days later they dad rang and said they were moving into palliative care and I remember being like 
what do you mean they're moving out of palliative care? What's going on? Like all her organs started to shut down and, yeah, they didn't know how long she was going to hold out for. So it was two days later and she was gone. That's... Wow. What was that like? Um, like it's, it's the worst moment that you could possibly imagine. Were you in the room? Yeah. Like, were you prepared for that? Not really. Yeah. Like, we knew... I knew she was going to go. Yeah. But to watch someone go... Yeah. Like, I don't think you can ever be prepared for that. Yeah. Yeah. It was bizarre, though, because it didn't feel... Like, it was... It's so sad and... You know what's coming. But at the same time, like we were all together and we had family there. Her sister was there. We had close family friends that were there. And, you know, she's joking to me. She said to me the day before she died, she, um, she said, I don't think I can go to Ikea today. Because <laughs> that was our thing. <laughs> We'd go to Ikea and <laughs> have hotcakes and, and look around. And I said, that's okay, mum, we'll another day. Another day. So, yeah, it's, it was, it's bizarre. Like, it's peaceful and it's nice that you're together and it's the worst moment of your life all in one. Do you remember what those moments were like after? Yeah, I think that's not something you really forget. Yeah, no, it was lots of different emotions. Like, sometimes I'd feel like, oh, I wish it would hurry up because I know it's coming and the waiting is hard. Yeah, right. And then you're like no, this is not going to end now. So it's very emotional, very roller coaster-y. Yeah, it's awful. How old were you? Uh, how old was I? I was 30. And you had both kids? Yeah, so and- Lisa had just turned one. So she, yeah, she they came and saw her, but they don't remember. And she wasn't conscious when they were there, so I don't think she remembered either. I think everyone's grieving process is different. Mm. What was yours like? Um, I think because she had been sick for so long, um, I think I had a piece about it that she wasn't suffering anymore. But, like, it was still really hard. It was still really hard to, like, wake up. You have that split second where you don't remember and then it would hit you. Like every day that I'd wake up afterwards, it just like hit me that she's actually gone. And there's something so definite about someone being completely gone. Does it take a while to sink in? Yeah. Yeah. Like for weeks, months afterwards, I would expect her to like knock up, rock up to our house and knock on the door and be like, I bought chicken pies. What are you doing? Like. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's so bizarre. And your first instinct, especially when it's someone like your mum, is like in every circumstance, it's like, oh, I'm going to ring mum. Well, what's mum doing today? But yeah, and then you just have this realisation, oh, yep, can't, can't call her. And it's not like you could just lay in bed and cry. Like you have kids yeah. and, you know, commitments. Yeah. Like how, how do you keep going? Well, I had great family and yeah. a great husband who – really with the kids he just took care of everything 
got them looked after when we needed to be somewhere or we just needed time um, and our extended family really stepped in and like Ryan's family looked after them a lot. Your sister came over and babysat. The Aww. night mum actually died, your sister came over oh, and babysat. Did she? Yes. Bless. That's awesome. Yeah. So just good people help. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did. St- I still do. It's just sitting around and cry sometimes. <laughs> you know, wake up in the middle of the night and remember her and miss her and yeah, ball. Do you think that's okay? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's all a part of the grieving process and and acknowledging, like, you know, it really sucks that she's not here and that she's missing out on so much. Yeah. I mean, she's – I like to think she's here and she can see everything, but, you know, when we have Christmas or we have a birthday and she's not there, it sucks. Hmm. Yeah. Were you angry with God for taking – from you no I wasn't really no like I like I know everyone has a different opinion on Mm. on death and it's something Mm. that a lot of people will turn away from God Mm. say how can he take that person away from me but totally with mom I think I just understood that she was being healed Mm. that she wasn't she didn't have cancer anymore and she was living free just wasn't happening here yeah like yeah yeah. and um you know we have it in our minds that if God's going to heal someone he's going to do it we really do on this side of death but that's not always the case he he might do it on the other side of death Mm. which is hard for those left behind to come Mm. to terms with but I like to think that she is healed Mm. how has walking through this Mm. and um experiencing that with your mum how has that changed your relationship with God Mm. um I think it's made it stronger I definitely trust him more now and I've actually it actually puts my life and my time here in perspective because we don't we don't know how long we get we don't know how long we get with our family so I've been not wasted and I better listen to God because I could be meeting him soon. So I want to be able to say I did what you asked me to do. Mm. So I think it's definitely made me focus more on searching him, searching his will and just always being aligned to what he wants. Mm. How do you navigate things like Mother's Day mm. and birthdays? Mm. And Mother's Day is a tough one. Yeah. yeah. How do you? even go about yeah like making it through that day yeah um I don't know I guess as time goes on it obviously gets easier the first of everything is really high especially Christmas mum loved Christmas she would look forward to it we would plan it together we you know do the tablescape together and what are we having and who's making what so pardon me after she like when she was gone I find it really hard to do that on her own like without her and every time I'll like go shopping for Christmas things and stuff starts to come out and we'd always run to Ikea and buy all the wrapping paper as soon as they came out so like doing that without her hurts but yeah as time goes on you get used to it I guess get a little bit like oh less sad and a bit more mum would have liked that or yeah 
bit more honouring of who she was and what she left here and less fixated on the fact that she's not here. Yeah, but, yeah, Mother's Day is tough. Still? Yeah. 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 And her birthday? Yeah, her birthday's tough. Yeah, mm. we went out to where her funeral was. She doesn't have a grave because she was cremated, mm. but we have a spot where she was scattered. Mm. So go there on her birthday and say happy birthday and, yeah, just wish we were partying with her. Mm. Mm. Can I ask a dumb question? Go for it. So I think one of the things that I and I think so many other people will probably struggle with is saying the right thing Mm. in those moments. You know, when you know someone's experiencing something as big as this. I think we sometimes default to dumb brain and say really useless things. Mm. (laughs) What's the right thing to say? What's the right (laughs) thing to do do in those moments? The the best thing is probably not to try and say anything. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel like they have to fill that gap. Yeah. But – no amount of somebody else's words is is going to make you feel better. And that's okay. Like yeah. you're not expecting anyone to be able to solve yeah. what you're going through. But like as humans, we're like, well, what can I do? Totally. What am I going to be able to do to, you know, make this situation better? But you can't. When it comes to death, there's nothing that you could physically say that's going to make them feel any better. But just knowing that people are there, yeah. that people love you. Yeah. Uh, we had people make meals for us, which was amazing. We just, yeah. like, had meal after meal come. Like, that yeah. actually is a really practical way that that is so helpful at that time. Um, yeah, and people sent flowers, which was really nice. Just knowing people are there, mm. I think, is the most important thing. Mm. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing you can say other than, I love you. We're thinking of you. Yeah. Because I think, I think... Those are really cliched things. No, and like, they probably are. Like, but there's a you reason don't why need people a say message that. that says "I love you." Yeah, and then I'm thinking of you. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But those probably are really nice things to they say. They are nice things to say, and you'll hear from people that you haven't heard from in a while because they've heard through the grapevine that something devastating's happened in your life, and they're like, "Oh, actually, you know, love you, and I'm thinking of you." Is actually kind of nice. Yeah, that's really good advice. Yeah. Tell me your advice to your younger self. Oh, yeah. my younger self. If you could look back mm. to like 20-year-old Lauren, sure. what would you say to yeah, her? Don't wear so many strapless tops. <laughs> Probably be one of them. <laughs> that was a real thing. That was a real it moment. It was a real thing. That was a moment you know, in fashion. I had one that was like, I think it was pink and it was like velvet. It was like hot pink. Velvet, strapless top, and I'd wear it with a denim skirt. That sounds With my amazing. really white legs. It was attractive. <laughs> yeah. That's anyway, a look. It's a, it was quite a look. Yeah. Quite a, and I, you know, I've always had a thing for earrings. So I would always have like these big, like ridiculous chandelier earrings with it. I went through a hoops phase. Oh, yeah. Hoops yeah. are a bit of a classic, though. Yeah, I feel like but there you could was pull a real, at any point. There was a hoops moment where people yeah. were wearing, like, yeah. ginormous yeah. hoops. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I was really... Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> aside from wearing don't wear so many strapless tops, um, I think just find out who you are because I was very much, you know, being at uni and I was working full time and I was going out a lot, like, I think finding that fulfillment and that acceptance from other things as opposed to 
going after what God says about me and just holding on to that. I think that's probably the biggest one hmm. I would say to my younger self. You said in your advice for other women mm. to not be distracted by the small things. Yeah. What do you mean? Oh, like I think for women, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I'm always like thinking that person didn't say hello to me or I didn't get invited to that. That's or, not just you. Isn't it great? <laughs> great. Awesome. No. It makes me feel so much better about my life. Yeah, but like just – like that stuff just doesn't matter. Like, yeah, let it go. Yeah. How do you not get distracted by the small things? <sighs> you just have to go back to God. As Spiro as that sounds, just like, okay, help me focus because that's just going to waste my time and pull me away. Like there's things, there's passions in my life that I'll want to spend time on mm. that probably don't matter in the grand scheme of things. Like does it matter that I have a farmhouse style dining table? Probably not. I mean, I will spend three hours looking for it on Gumtree, but it's a passion. But then fixating on that person didn't say hi to me or I'm not in with that crowd or this didn't happen or whatever. I think you just have to kind of, it's usually just us. It's just us thinking that. No one else is thinking that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think women simultaneously are like the most insecure but the most encouraging <laughs> of each other at the same <laughs> time. Totally. You know, we do it simultaneously. We do, yeah. We're like so generous with our encouragement and support. Yeah. And then walk away being like, she hates me. She doesn't like me. She hates me. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. And it <laughs> I think um how was I gonna say that? Um I was thinking of the right way to say it. We, like we self-internalise everything and we make it about us, even though it's not about us most of the time. I think we're just so super self-conscious, like all the time. Am I saying the right thing? Am I wearing the right thing? Am I talking the right way? Am I ordering the right coffee? Like just little tiny things that just all compound and then we automatically think well I'm not I'm doing everything wrong I'm not a nice person people don't like me I'm too this I'm too that or whatever and just get stuck and I think it's just all a distraction just a big fat distraction from what God's actually saying to us like you're actually created like this don't be dissing on what I've created like just accept that accept who you are I love you and move on. And we're all doing it to ourselves. You know, we're not, we're all saying it to ourselves. No one else is saying it to me. I'm saying it to myself. You're putting yourself in that position. Whereas, yeah, people think you're lovely. People think you're great. People think you're awesome. But, you know, you can't, you just can't see it yourself. So, yeah, I think definitely for women to just let all that crap go. Can I say crap? Me out later. I'll allow it. <laughs> just cut it out later. Will Pastor Joe allow it? Mm. Don't know. Just fine. She'll just cut that me. bit out. She'll tell me. Cut that bit out. But yeah. But yeah, but, but we yeah. just, you know, it's just a distraction. It's all rubbish. And at the end yeah. of the day, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? 
Does it make sense? I feel like that didn't really make any sense. No, that <laughs> made total sense. Okay, great. I always think it's funny how quickly we end up in the everybody hates me space. <laughs> like you go from like, oh, my hair looks shiny to, oh, I shouldn't order that coffee. Oh, yeah. that woman's staring at me funny. Yeah. Oh my word, I'm the worst person ever. Well, like you just, yeah. it's like zero to. Zero to 100. Yeah. In like 30 I seconds. I think all women are like that though. Yeah. Like Yeah. What? yeah. Guys, don't do mm. that. Well, that. Oh, she didn't say hello to me or she looked at me funny. What yeah. was that smile? Yeah. What was that? What was that hello? What was yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. We all do it. I remember sitting in a lecture theatre when I was at uni. Mm. I was the only one who hadn't straightened my hair or what oh. it looked like. And I just sat there and I was like, you should have straightened your hair. You didn't straighten your hair. Next now that girl out. sitting next to you is going to be like, oh, her hair yeah. is disgusting. Yeah. The whole time yeah. that this was in my head. Yeah. Don't even remember what the lecture was about. Yeah. Probably needed to. Yeah. But no one, cares. No, no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> yep. Everyone just walked out of the lecture yep. theatre without even looking at anyone. Yep. You know? It's like, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why do we do this yeah. to ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. We all do it. Yeah. We need to stop. We do. Everyone <laughs> stop. Right immediately now. yep yep okay yeah great Done. <laughs> thank you so much for listening if you want to find out a bit more about favor women you can follow the link in the episode description and there you'll find information about ic church our favorite shop and the favorite magazine that we release biannually. Make sure you share this episode with someone else and I will see you next time. Bye.